For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Yeshua, from Genesis to Revelation. This is part 21 of the series. Historically, Pharaoh is a prophetic type of Hasatan. We can see this comparison in Ezekiel in chapter 29 and verse 3, as it is written, Speak and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, the great dragon. Pharaoh is likened unto a great dragon that lies in the midst of the rivers. The word dragon is the Strong's number 8577. It's the Hebrew word tanin. And tanin means a dragon, a serpent, or a sea monster. Revelation chapter 12 verse 9, the great dragon is called the devil or Hasatan, the adversary. As it is written, and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan. Pharaoh is likened unto Leviathan. Leviathan is a mythological sea monster. In Psalm 74, verse 12, it says, For God is my king of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. And then, Psalm chapter 74, verse 13, You did divide the sea by your strength. This is referring to the dividing of the Red Sea. And you broke the heads of the dragons, Tanin, in the waters. This dragon in Psalm Psalm 74 verse 14 is called Leviathan. You broke the heads of Leviathan in pieces. Pharaoh is likened unto a great dragon. The great dragon is likened unto Leviathan. And Leviathan lives in the sea. Revelation chapter 13 verse 1. The beast of the end of days rises up out of the sea. Ezekiel 29 verse 3. Pharaoh king of Egypt the great dragon that lies in the midst of the water. Psalm 74 verse 13, you broke the heads of the dragons in the waters. Revelation chapter 13 verse 1, I stood upon the sand of the sea and I saw a beast rise up out of the sea having seven heads. The enemies of Israel are referred or they are likened to the beasts of the field. In Deuteronomy in chapter 7 in verse 22, 
it is written, And the Lord your God will put out those nations before you little by little. So the subject is the nations. And it says, Lest the beasts of the field increase upon you. The nations are likened unto beasts of the field. Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 64. It is written, And the Lord will scatter you among all people from one end of the earth even to the other. So the subject is scattering Israel into the nations. Then in Ezekiel in chapter 34 and verse 5, it says, And they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became meat to all the beasts of the field. Scattered, and they became meat to all the beasts of the field. So the Gentile kingdoms of this world are referred to and regarded as the beasts of the field. Pharaoh not only represents and is a type of Hasatan, and he is associated with a dragon that's in the sea, Pharaoh and his attitude represents pride. Ezekiel chapter 29 verse 3 and speaking about Pharaoh king of Egypt who is likened to a great dragon that Pharaoh says my river is my own. He's likened to pride. Well Leviathan in Job chapter 41 verse 1 where it speaks of him it says can you draw Leviathan with a hook and then it says in Job 41 verse 34 that he is king over all the children of pride. In Job chapter 41 and verse 1, what it says about Leviathan is a covenant is made with Leviathan. Job 41 verse 4, will he make a covenant with you? If we look at Isaiah in chapter 28, we can see here prophetically that the leaders of the nation of Israel are prophesied to make a covenant with death. Isaiah chapter 28 verse 14, wherefore hear the word of the Lord, ye scornful men that rule this people that is in Jerusalem. And then it says in verse 15, because you have said we have made a covenant with death. And in making this covenant with death, the God of Israel has a solution to it. And his solution is Zion. Isaiah 28 verse 16, therefore thus says the Lord, behold I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believes will not make haste. Historically, there was a confrontation between the God of Israel through his servant Moses and Pharaoh. And it's prophesied that in the end of days from Zechariah in chapter 9 and verse 13, that the sons of Zion will oppose the sons of Greece. As it is written, when I have bent Judah for me and filled the bow with Ephraim, and I've raised up your sons, O Zion, against your sons, O Greece. Now, historically, in the setting of the writing of the book of Daniel, we had a Greek ruler known as Antiochus Epiphanes IV, who wanted to declare Greek rule over the Greek empire such that the people who they're ruling over had to give up their culture and their individuality. And of course, this decree was made and it pertained to the land of Israel and the people in that day known as the Maccabees led a rebellion against the Grecian Empire. And this is a prophecy of the end of days of a conflict once again between the sons of Zion, that is Ephraim and Judah, who believes in the God of Israel, who believes in the covenant made with Abraham and wants to follow the Torah of the God of Israel, that they will be in conflict with the sons of Greece, 
which represents the beast and that beast system. Now, regarding the beast and the beast system, there are two different destinies for the saints of God. In Revelation in chapter 13, where it speaks in verse 1 about a beast rising up out of the sea, it says in Revelation chapter 13, verse 4, who can make war with him? Then it says in verse 7 that this beast was given power to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And I want to show you how he overcomes them. In Revelation 13 and verse 9, it says, if any man has an ear, let him hear or pay careful attention to the next statement, which is found in Revelation 13 verse 10, that he that kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. That if you try to fight the beast in your own power, in your own ability, that he will fight against you and he will overcome you. And let's put this application to those who believe in the God of Israel who are living in the United States of America. Those who are concerned about this country and the constitution of this country, when they see that our constitutional freedoms are being eroded and they want to preserve them, in righteous indignation, they want to rise up and they want to fight against the U.S. government and the beast system who is taking away the constitutional freedoms of the United States. I believe what this prophecy is saying, that if you go out and you try to fight against the beast system, that he will overcome you. This is in contrast to Revelation in uh, chapter 15 and verse 2. There's the second group of people who have victory over the beast and the beast system because it says, I saw them that got the victory over the beast, got the victory over his image, got the victory over his mark, and got the victory over the number of his name. And what they're doing is they're demonstrating this victory that they have over him by having and playing harps of God. And what they're doing with the harps is they're singing the song of Moses, which was historically sung in Exodus chapter 15 when Pharaoh and his army drowned in the Red Sea. And they're singing the song of the lamb. The song of the lamb is the role of the Messiah to unite the 12 tribes of Israel. So those who get the victory over the beast and over his system are those who are a part of the ingathering of the 12 tribes of Israel. That if you don't understand that the second coming is about the role of the Messiah to unite the 12 tribes of Israel, what you will want to do in your righteous indignation if you live in the United States is to fight against against the government and to fight against the beast system that is seeking to take away the Constitution of the United States to give the United States over to a world entity known as the United Nations, where the United Nations would be the overseers of the land of the United States of America. That if you don't know that Yeshua died on the tree to unite the 12 tribes of Israel and that is second coming, 
is about uniting the 12 tribes of Israel and his role to do it. And, and if you don't see how those prophecies relate and pertain to you, which is the subject of this DVD series, explaining how that is and explaining who Yeshua is from Genesis to Revelation, that if you don't understand this, that the logical thing for you to do in your righteous indignation is to fight against the U.S. government. But I believe the prophecy says that if you do that in your own ability, that the beast has power over you and will overcome. But if you will seek to return to the land of Israel as a part of the ingathering of the exiles, that as Babylon is falling, you that escape the sword, Jeremiah 51 verse 50, let Jerusalem come to your mind. That is when the God of Israel will be with you, he'll protect you, and you will be able to get the victory over the beast and the beast system. Well, let's see why those who got the victory over the beast in Revelation chapter 15 verse 2, what the meaning is Hebraically of why they're playing harps. In order to see that, we have to go to Psalm 137. And beginning in verse 1, it is written, By the rivers of Babylon we sat down, we wept when we remembered Zion or Zion. Notice in Babylon you weep when you remember Zion. And then it says in Psalm 137 verse 2 that we hanged our harps upon the willows. Well, if you hang your harp on the willows, what are you not doing with your harp? You are not playing it. So in Babylon, you're not able to play your harp. Why does it mention the musical instrument of a harp? Because this is the main instrument that David played and David ruled over all 12 tribes. Therefore, the harp is the musical instrument that is associated with the uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel. While we're in Babylon, while our harps are on the willows, our captors in Psalm 137 verse 3 says the following, there they that carried us away captive required of us a song saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion. And the answer is in Psalm 137 verse 4, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? The Lord's song is called Revelation 15 verse 3, the song of the lamb. How will we sing the lamb's song? What is the lamb's song that he unites the 12 tribes of Israel? How shall we sing his song in a strange land? You can't. You can only do it when you return to Zion and you do it symbolically by playing the harp. Revelation 15 verse 3, it says, they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and they sing the song of the Lamb. Those who are singing the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb, Revelation 15 verse 2, are those who get the victory over the beast and over the beast system. Now, the song of Moses was what the children of Israel sang when Pharaoh and his army were defeated in the Red Sea. In Exodus chapter 15 verse 1 it says, Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and they spake saying, I will sing. They sang, I will sing. I will is future, indicating that what they're singing, they will sing again in the future. We see that future singing in Revelation chapter 15 verse 3, where it says, they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. Now remember that the setting of the end of days, the events of Jacob's trouble, the Hevelesha Mashiach, is the leaders of Israel make a covenant with death. Isaiah chapter 28 and
and verse 15. This covenant will be in the form of an agreement to establish a Palestinian state. When this happens, there will be a rebellion in the land of Israel by those who will not accept the creation of a Palestinian state. These will be religious Jews who believe in the covenant made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and they want to stand for what the Torah says regarding that covenant. And their rebellion is likened unto the Maccabees rebelling against the Greek rule of Antiochus Epiphanes IV. And this Zionist rebellion will result in the creation or the declaration of a second state of Israel, which the Bible calls Zion. And this Zionist rebellion will result in the birth of the biblical state of Zion, which is going to be a declared independent state in the mountains of Judea and Samaria or the West Bank. And this will happen once the present government of Israel signs a peace agreement or a covenant to make Judea and Samaria or the West Bank to establish it as a Palestinian state. That's when the rebellion will take place in the mountains of Israel. It will result in the birth of the biblical state of Zion, the God of Israel judging the nations for dividing his land. It will result in the Messiah fighting for Zion. That is Zechariah chapter 14 verse 3. The Lord will fight against the nations as when he fought in the day of battle. It will result in the end of the exile of the 12 tribes of Israel and their reunification. One of the places of the reunification of the 12 tribes of Israel is the mountains of Israel. This is Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 22. The mountains of Israel is Judea and Samaria, the West Bank, and by extension, Jerusalem is surrounded by mountains. It would include Jerusalem as well. And the way we understand these events are going to happen is it's likened to the historical Egyptian redemption. It will result in the Messiah gathering the exiles of Israel and him setting up his kingdom in a period of time that we call the Messianic Age. So this rebellion will result in the biblical state of Zion. What is the biblical state of Zion? It is the unification of the people of the God of Israel, that is Ephraim and Judah or the 12 tribes who are standing for the covenant that was made with Abraham or the land of Israel. And they desire to want to follow his Torah and to have a Torah-based government. And the Messiah will be declared and will be over them. Zion is a nation that is born in one day during a time of travail. Isaiah in chapter 66 and verse 8 it is written, Who has heard such thing? Who has seen such things? Or shall a nation be born at once or in one day? As it says earlier in the verse, shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? That one day is the nation being born. And then it says regarding the nation being born in one day, that as soon as Zion travailed, the travail is a reference to the tribulation or Jacob's trouble or the birth pangs of the Messiah, the Hevle Shal Mashiach. As soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. Who are the children of Zion? It is the unification of the 12 tribes of Israel. Then it says in Isaiah 66 verse 14, when you see this, when you see the birth of the state of Zion, your heart will rejoice and your bones will flourish like an 
disturb. Why? Because those who know the prophecies knows what it means. It means the judgment upon the nations, the coming of King Messiah, and the setting up of the Messianic kingdom. And when Zion is born, then the hand of the Lord will be known to his servants and his indignation toward his enemies. In other words, the God of Israel has got to make a distinction, a clear distinction between those who are serving him and those who are not serving him. Just like he did in Egypt, where he made a distinction between his people who lived in Goshen and those things that happened in the rest of the land of Egypt. Zion means in Hebrew, a sign. And Zion is the sign for Ephraim to return to the land of Israel. In Isaiah 66 verse 8, when it says, for as soon as Zion travailed, Zion is the Strong's number 6726. And in the concordance, it says that it is the same as 6725, which is Zion, that Zion and Zion in the Hebrew contain the exact same Hebrew letters of Zadi, Yod, Vav, and Nun. Now, Hebrew is a spiritual language. And in the Hebrew language, those words that contain the same root words and contain the same letters have a similar family meaning. While Zion means a parched or a dry place, it has a similar family meaning to Zion, which means a sign. In Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 15, the subject is Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted. Weeping and refusing to be comforted is associated with exile. And then Rachel was told in Jeremiah in chapter 31 in verse 16, she's told to refrain herself from weeping because she's told that her children will come again from the land of the enemy. The land of the enemy is exile. And it says in verse 17 that your children will come to their own border. That is the land of Israel. And it's speaking of Ephraim. It's speaking of the children of Joseph, the northern kingdom or the 10 tribes. Jeremiah 31 verse 20, is Ephraim my dear son? And then it says in Jeremiah 31 21, set you up way marks is what it says in the King James. And it's the Hebrew word Zion. But when Jeremiah was writing these prophecies, he did not write with vowel mark. What he wrote was set you up Zadi Yod Vav Nun. And that could be read set you up Zion, which means a sign. So what we're being told here is Rachel is to refrain herself from weeping because Ephraim or the children of Joseph will return to their border and set you up Zion, set you up a sign. So the sign for Rachel's children to return to the land of Israel is when Zion is set up. What is the duration of time of the exile of the northern kingdom? Well, in Ezekiel in chapter 4 and verses 4 through 6, Ezekiel was told to lay on his side. He was told to lay on his left side for the judgment that would come upon the northern kingdom. As it is written, lie thou upon your left side and lay the iniquity of the house of Israel upon it. That is the northern kingdom. That is the ten tribes. That's the house of Joseph or Ephraim. Ezekiel chapter 4 verse 5, for I've laid upon you the years of their iniquity according to the number of the days, 390 days. And then it says in Ezekiel 4, 6, 
I have appointed you each day for a year. So the judgment upon the northern kingdom was 390 years. Well, the ultimate taking of the northern kingdom by the Assyrians took place in the year 721 BC. And 390 years later is when the Greeks came. Well, that's going to conclude part 21 of the series on the subject Yeshua from Genesis to Revelation. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.